Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. What's up, y'all? It's Johnny King for another episode of The Johnny King Show. I am stoked to have Lucas Mack in the house. Thanks for being here, man. Brother, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So you are, I mean, we just recorded a podcast for your podcast uh, where you were recording me. So this is fun to flip the script a little bit. Um, You're, it seems like you're a jack of all trades. You've done so much stuff. You're an author, you're a speaker, you're a podcast host, you're um, a consultant that seems like a healing catalyst. You're a coach. Uh, What else did I miss? You're a father, you're a husband. (laughs) Yeah musician musician <laughs> that's right you got music on your website absolutely what else you did tedx talk yeah but you work with you know companies like microsoft right and yeah. Yeah. a lot of other big companies just doing but then you've also found yourself on a lot of what abc nbc fox you've done a lot of different things in your life already so yeah. very accomplished it's very cool what is of all of that what do you feel like you kind of associate yourself to now what do you identify yourself as coach Mm -hmm. or all things it's funny my wife and i went on this hike the other night we we got an hour and a half of childcare, (laughs) and so we're like all right see and we went on this hike and my wife and i were talking about this of um because we were just reflecting on all the different things that i have done and she very similar have done many things and and my answer to what doing all this stuff is I think I've just been trying to explore the fullness of who I am. Mm-hmm. And for so long growing up the way I grew up, it was just so fucked up and I couldn't express who I was. Music was actually the thing that saved my life. I put a lot of the pain and trauma into music um, but I was an athlete and did, you know, different things. I don't, I just, I don't know. I think what it, people ask that, cause that's a common question. Like, what do you do? And I have a heart. I want to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others. That's really my, my true heart's essence. I just happened to apply that <laughs> to a few different applications. So why not? Right. It's, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's universal for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, before before we get too far into your story, because I want to, I certainly want to get into it, um, but since it's kind of relevant just in my mind and what you're just talking about, it seems like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you know, it seems like you've got a a pretty powerful marriage that has helped you through some of the the serious shit that you've been through. You know, yes. um, what are some of the key for someone who's not married, such as myself, um, even though I have been married, but to those that are listening, what do you feel like are some of the key attributes of finding that right partner who can help you? Cause I feel like a lot of guys probably don't want to come out with their trauma or their pain. Cause they're scared mm-hmm. that ultimately people are going to leave them. They're going to be alone. Yeah. They're, they're damaged goods. You know, like, dude, you've, you've been through it through your marriage, right. Yes. Uh, yes. with kids and everything else. Like that's, that's some heavy stuff for a marriage, to, to go through and you guys have kept it together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
man, brother, it's almost like pre-healing and post-healing because uh, I've been married, well, married almost 15 years in mm-hmm. August and um, have three children, nine, our oldest just turned nine. And then I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. They're about to hit that seven and five bark and they remind me almost daily. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, but when I met my wife, we got married very young. I, I got married, uh, I was 24 years old, a month away from 25. So it was almost 25 years old. My wife had just graduated college. And so our journey was somewhat unique. You know, it's not uh, normal. We were the earliest that we knew of all our friends who got married. Um, also the earliest, even though we waited a while to have children, the earliest um, mm-hmm. to have children. And we were so focused on career. I was a TV reporter. I was on air, hosted my own segments. And we we're in that game is to jump markets, to go to, you know, New York's number one, LA's two, Chicago's three, San Francisco's four, Dallas is five. I mean, I can give you the whole map of how that is. And, and I went from market 126 to market 37, which was a massive jump. So this tiny little market down to San Antonio and my wife and I were married one month and I drove her down to San Antonio, Texas. She had never even seen Texas. Oh, <laughs> and damn. It was pretty wild. And, and, uh, and it was a beautiful journey, but I wasn't really for so long. I was caught up in justifying my life. And what I mean by that is when I was 20 years old, I, I tried to kill myself. I, I attempted suicide and I never looked prior to 20 ever, not one time. And that is like, it was like dead to me. I died prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I meet my wife at 22. We get married two years later. Like that's really when my life began. So I kept wow. everything present on career and journey and what can we do and what can we create together um, and things were great. I mean, she's, she's, she's an incredible person. Um, but it was when I had my first child and I was running my own company, I had employees and dealing with people claiming they're not getting paid enough and I'm not making any money and I have my first baby. And, and, um, I had this obsessive desire to prove that I was good enough, that I was, that that I really what I was seeking is my father's love, mm-hmm. something that was never going to be given. And, mm-hmm. uh, and when I had my first baby, the, we bring her home from the hospital and I go to work that day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was really fucked up. I'm really, I am no model of, mm-hmm. there's no shiny object with me. Let me tell you, I've done a lot of things because I was pursuing love and trying to get validation. Yep. Um, but uh, I go, to work and my wife you know that started building some resentment sure and uh then here i am trying to change a diaper which i had no issue not like but i couldn't bathe her because it started triggering memories and i would push them out and 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 i like i can't bathe her and i told my wife oh one time you know um something happened to me in the shower when i was seven like and she and i because we we're so conditioned to of our own choosing just Mm -hmm. stay in the present moment 
Mm -hmm. She didn't ask me deeper questions, nor was I willing to even go deeper. It was just <laughs> right. like, I can't bathe her. It was like a visceral, can't be around her. I can barely change a diaper. And so I start putting more time, effort, energy into work. I was like, if I could get a million dollars in revenue, like that is statistically like companies that get a million dollars, don't go out of 90% of all businesses that make a million dollars in revenue, don't go out of business. Like this is what it is. And I was working so hard. Um, and you know, I was always like, when I was a TV reporter, that's what I was known as like, Oh, I'm the reporter. I'm the guy, whatever. Then I owned my agency and I was like, Oh, that's the business owner. That's, that's mm -hmm. the young entrepreneur. And I was like really hung up on these titles. Um, so I started working even more. And I mean, I'm, I am the model of what not to do. I forgot my wife's birthday. <laughs> And she, her love language is acts of service and, yes. and, uh, and gifts. And I literally, I didn't uh, forget that morning. I remembered, I mean, I knew it was her birthday, but I go to work. It was the day was crappy. The clients are complaining. I'm dealing with all this stuff and I'm driving home and I'm just stuck in my own stuff. I get home and I'm just unloading about my day. She doesn't say a thing. And I'm laying in bed. She had already fallen asleep and I'm like, Oh shit. Like, so I, got up at two in the morning, went to a drugstore, got all the balloons, everything I could find. I decked, but it was, it was, you know, the damage was done. Too little, too late. It was yeah. too late. It was actually worse probably than I did all yeah. that stuff. Like, yeah. Um, so that, you know, when I share these stories, like my marriage, my wife is just, I wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for my wife. That is a, that is a fact. It, um, but it wasn't until, you know, years later and I had ended up having baby two and baby three and <clears throat> I had an emotional affair with an employee of mine. Mm. And that's when things started just, I hit rock bottom. Thank God it wasn't anything other than that, but it was enough. I finally told my wife and it devastated her illusion of I'm this perfect guy that, yeah, I've hurt her and frustrated, but you know, I could give a dissertation on the Bible. I could give it, I was mm -hmm. striving for perfection. I was, you know, I looked a certain way, I acted a certain way, but um, then I caused massive hurt in her life. Sure. It, I didn't even know what to do with it. I started having a flashback. So the, the emotional affair was just a, I was just, I would do anything to feel better. I started hating myself. Like I couldn't bathe my kids. Well, what's wrong with me? Like, I must be mm -hmm. broken. I can't, I, I'm a, am I broken? Am I wrong? Like something inherently is broken in me. My wiring isn't working and I hated myself And it. And then she would say, don't you want to be here with the family? And I'm like, I, like cognitively, like that's the right thing to say. Yes. I Like, why don't I want to No, if I was being honest, I don't really want to be here home has never been a safe place for me. I've just gone from childhood home to now I'm creating a home with you. Uh, but you put expectations on me, obligate, you know, all these things by default. It's interesting. I'm feeling this like energy of it, but that's how it was. Um, and so I would do anything to escape. I started drinking like a fish and, um, watching stupid, you know, binging on TV or media and just like checking out and uh, finally hit rock bottom where I told her, you know, I had an inappropriate relationship with an employee and that was the catalyst for 
um, for my healing journey. And, uh, and I started having flashbacks because I told my parents that night, like a kid, I, I, I call here. I am married three, three kids, married, successful, quote unquote, on paper, published mm-hmm. author, all these things. And I call my parents to confess, like I'm a little child. This is the model. Sure. And, and my dad said something to me. And when he said it, it was like, I went through star Wars where they go through hyperdrive mm-hmm. the stars are like, whoosh. and all of a sudden I was back, I was having flashbacks and I was first person back into horrible positions. And brother, I thought I didn't, there was a point that was a Sunday night, the following night, I'm talking to my wife, I'm sitting on the ground and I'm rubbing the rug with my hands. I could not tell if I was there where she was. And I'm like, are you here? I mean, it was, it was intense. And you know, what's funny. I hear the word flashback and I used to judge people <laughs> talk about Bob like, Oh, you're so weak. I mean, I had no mercy for anyone. It was like, mm. grind it out, like grit it out, like get after it, attack it. Like I would listen to all those, you know, Eric Thomas and like, if you want something more, you can breathe. Like you guys yeah. are weak, you know, but that was just dying slowly yeah um it wasn't until i went through those flashbacks i went to therapy that week i got in on a thursday and i never missed a week of therapy for two years straight sometimes Mm -hmm. going twice a week and uh and then i went to ala and that's when everything really changed for me but um so you asked about my marriage i gave you a long answer because i don't want it to sound like oh yeah my like, dude, it was, my yeah. wife's incredible. She's a saint. And I remember going after, this is after ALA. And LA, L, ALA, for those that don't know, is what? Ascension Leadership Academy, but it's an emotional intelligence <laughs> training. There's many, there, it's just, a, there's a model of leadership. And, and uh, for me, it was very healing training at this um, thing. But I'm walking, we had at our house, we had a daylight um, basement. So, I could see her as I'm going down the stairs, she's sitting on the couch and I'm, she's reading and I just like a normal day and I'm walking down the stairs and it like hits me like, man, she really loves me. And I said, I go, you really love me. And she goes, what? I was like, no, you, you really love me. She's like, yeah, I really love you. And I started just bawling. I could cry right now. Like just, uh, man, I needed someone just to love me, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been a journey, brother. That's why I was like, well, what do you do? I don't know, man. I'm just on this journey of life. Yeah. I, I know, you know, I'm, I'm, I can go into the darkness with people because I've lived in the darkness. I can, you know, when I coach people, it's like, there's nothing too dirty, too shameful, too ugly. It's like, right. I've lived it. I've experienced it and we can heal from it. However, in no way am I claiming like thus saith, you know, me, it's like, I'm just living like everyone else, you know? Right. Well, you've, have you watched that uh, documentary, the leaving Neverland? Yes. Um, you know, like the, the, the two boys that were, you know, with Michael Jackson, the, the longest. And for those of you that haven't watched it, it's the documentary of like, you know, two boys that kind of go through the whole <clears throat> brainwashing and the sexual abuse of, Milo Jackson with them as little boys it's it's and it's like they they loved him truly so much that but they didn't really start to have uh like the correlation between it being like inappropriate or just like 
maybe different until they had their children. They both had boys, I think, at the same ages that they were when the abuse started that it finally it was like, oh, this is for them to, to think that, you know, this was happening to their children would be like, hell no. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it kind of sounds like in, in, in a different way kind of how that stuff started coming back for you right very similar in fact i i had a hard time watching that because it was oh i'm sure it was really difficult i cried a lot watching that but part of i would just get so angry like how could you do like yeah children are innocent Mm -hmm. innocent and it is the most fucked up concept that religion teaches to hit children in the name of love saying that that's a virtue. Mm. Um, I, I, I speak a lot about not spanking. I did this Ted talk, breaking the cycle of child abuse. Um, But the word spank, the epitomology of the word spank is to make a horse run faster. Mm. So so people, I ask people all the time, were you hit as a child? They said, no, I wasn't hit. And then I ask him, okay, were you spanked as a child? Well, yeah, I was spanked. Yeah. And sure. then they, and then there's like, wait, there's a weird gap mm-hmm. in between associating what actually happened versus these. NLP is very powerful. I mean, I know it can be used for good, but it, these same people that know how to use things for good, there's other, another group that knows how to use these words for bad. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, why won't you say hit a child? Well, because that sounds heinous. Who would hit a child? But if you say spank a child, like, oh yeah, spank a child. Sure. Yeah. Sounds like that's what you do, right? That's crazy. Um, So anyway, I just, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that, but (laughs) oh yeah, having my own children. And I look at, especially my son and man, it's hard because he would do things that I remember I would do and I'm fighting this urge in me of like this ingrained behavior of what should happen to him Yeah. from what happened to me, even though I would never do it. And so it was this war inside of me and it was intense, brother, like uh, super intense, man. I super- cannot, I cannot imagine. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think about that too, even as you're saying that, I'm like, do I feel like there's anything wrong with being spanked when I was little? No. But when you say that, I'm like, yeah, I, I definitely was spanked. I definitely got my mouth washed out with soap, which was kind of traumatic. Yeah. You know? It's sure. like, sure. uh, uh, you know, you're pouring like, like what? But I, I know that in all instances, like my parents were doing it from love per se, or as a like consequence of me saying, you know, shit or not even yeah right right saying hate you know or fart or penis you know it's like um and the spanking wasn't that that bad but it it, it definitely sounded like you you got a the full-on full court press when you were a little guy how long did that go on if you don't mind me asking was it a couple times was it years was it year years yeah i mean i would fly out of my body I, i the last significant thing and i talk about this in the ted talk is um I was, it was the summer of going in from fifth grade to sixth grade and, and I'm getting beat with a bullwhip in the garage and I'm hovering over my body, watching it happen. And it wasn't whip. It wasn't like whipping me and doubled it up or maybe triple. I don't know, but it was, and, um, you know, it's just, uh, I would say to this, I, what do kids want? We just want to be held. 
Sure. Just to be loved. We love, like we don't want, what, would our behavior change if we were hugged more than hit more? Yes. Yeah. So do, and, and then people say, and this is not the attack. And this is the hard thing of healing and parents and relationships and family lines. But I, when I coach people, like, if this is not attacking your parents, there's no judgment on them. They did, they did all they knew how to do, but it's not about them anymore. It's about your story and where your narrative falls in. And I said, if they really loved you, why didn't they beat you to death? If hitting, if that, if you're going to use that logic of like, well, because they love me, they hit, not you per se, but anyone, yeah, that's the yeah, logic. Yeah. And like, well, then why they obviously didn't love you enough to beat the shit out of you. Yeah, like, yeah. like my dad must have really loved me. I mean, the way yeah. he beat me. No, that's not love. And, um, and I think what a, and religion usually is, um, unfortunately a big catalyst for this behavior and it justifies this behavior. And, and I think maybe when I was going through ALA, I was like, the word spare, you know, they, this, they claim, but the word, this uh, saying, spare the rod, spoil the child, isn't a verse. It's a compilation of a couple of verses in Proverbs from the King James Bible. But, you know, they make it sound like spare means withholding. Like, if you withhold the rod, you're going to spoil the child. But then I'm like, well, what is spare parts, spare time, spare change? spare tire that all means extra so if you use that in an extra way than it was intended to use you do spoil that child yes you do but what do you spoil the child's view of unconditional love safety self-worth uh mm -hmm. validation mm -hmm. being known seeing love heard all these things so yeah you better believe you spoil that child um so i get passionate on on these things and i don't want to deviate so much but these sayings we just accept like oh yeah that's just the way it is or yeah i was spanked and and i used to say this too like yeah I spanked i got belts and you know, i made me tough it made me strong maybe who i am but who was i i was a dude that left my wife and brand new baby at home going back to work trying to close a deal or some stupid mm. thing that doesn't even matter and i can't even tell you who that client was to this day and mm. so this might have been my journey brother no i mean i i, I made some of the a similar let's say similar kind of um disjointed <laughs> decisions uh in my earlier relationships when i was younger and and that's the thing you're really not thinking about the other person at all you know you're you're it's, i was truly in survival um and the, the intent wasn't malicious ever you know but th talk about thoughtless you know yeah. um kind of callous and and you know yeah I, I can see how she can she could create a story to fall out of love with someone for sure. hundred percent, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just, I give, uh, give you guys credit. And sometimes maybe the, the kids is what keeps you in it, keeps you in the fight, yeah. which yeah. Uh, is there's a double-edged sword to that as well. But yeah. I commend you guys for going through the, <laughs> through the fire and back, man. Thanks, brother. It's, it's been, uh, been fun. Yeah. She went to ALA. She did her own healing journey. She's been Amazing. on her own path and it's been beautiful to walk like side by side. And yeah. That's pretty powerful. Well, speak, speaking of, I don't want you to get in trouble because when we were recording the podcast before, your dog, <laughs> your dog was barking and I know, and then got on the floor. Man, and then, yeah. well, now that and he's still yeah. barking. Are you sure it's not dropping you any nuggets out there? Well, I think he's empty now, so we'll be okay. But okay. Uh, okay. Let, me go, let me go check real quick. Let me go <laughs> yeah, check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go check. Um, but for those of you that are listening, you know, I met Lucas through uh, another one of my previous podcast guests. Johnny uh, Elsasser. Um, and Lucas has been through some serious, serious stuff, but has a 
he's just one of those guys that you meet. Um, it just has energetically just has a heart of gold, you know, and truly comes. You should see the the video that we're recording of this podcast all over his wall. There's different things on love and faith and joy. And what I love about him too, is that's just, he's a, he's a positive example of what's possible when you face your fears and your trauma. So definitely, definitely would be something that you'd want to check out. And um, I think Lucas, if you, if you tell me too, what, uh, if people wanted to kind of continue learning more about you and your story, your podcast is the golden rule revolution, right? Yeah. The golden rule revolution. Yeah. Yeah. And tell, tell, tell those that are listening a little bit more about that too. Well, originally, thanks brother. Originally <laughs> it was, uh, really, I saw what was coming, um, back in 2017. I wrote a book called the golden rule revolution, discussing the three things you're told never to talk about money, politics, and religion mm. and having Jewish family. Um, you know, I've seen what happens when a revolution, when that rhetoric of revolution gets into a society, it can turn violent and isolates groups. So at first, before ALA, I was like, from fear, trying to protect myself, protect others and protect people. Um, as a warning, like the golden rule is to, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And then Hillel, the elder, a uh, revered and famous Jewish rabbi said, that which you deem hateful unto yourself, do not do unto another. Mm. And he said that before Jesus came and said, do. So there's a double-edged sword or there's two sides to that coin. There's don't do and do and to stay in that conscious awareness. Um, and so that was the purpose of the Golden Rule Revolution. But really it's, it's mapped my spiritual journey. Like I did this podcast, uh, Why I Left Christianity to Find the Love of God. Um, and I, I interview just beautiful souls and we hear their story. And sometimes I'll do solo episodes and do teaching, um, episodes. Sometimes we just talk and like your, I mean, your episodes, one of my favorite episodes, just here I am, you know, in the unvarnished, like, or varnish, you know, whatever, polished, whatever. It's like, this is me. And I think I've been around, um, and I've been a keynote speaker on a billionaire's uh, all these billionaires gathered on a cruise and South China sea. Like I've done a lot of things with a lot of people and a lot of names and a lot of this at the end of the day, who cares? Like I right. find like, what does it matter? <laughs> it matters. Are we loving? Are we mm. permission for others to be vulnerable and to take their masks off and to tell mm. their story? And, and usually, and I don't want to harp on too much of the pain stuff. Usually when we do the work, we, we come on the other side and it's, it's freaking glorious. It's like, mm. man, I am the hero of my own story. And I truly am. I am the hero of my own story, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and help others that they don't look to another person like, Oh, I wish I could be like that. Like, no, you are intended to be exactly who you are. Yeah. And you are you as the literal you Johnny King, but yeah. ye plural you, everyone listening, you are so beautiful. And I want to reclaim that word in the masculine Mm -hmm. as much as it's been used in the feminine sense is that beauty is something to be revered. It's something to be looked at. It's something to be honored. And when we can see our stories as something that is beautiful, who can ever point a finger at us and say we're less than anymore. And so that's the beautiful thing about going through as opposed to trying to avoid the pain. It's like, once you go through it, 
and you come on the other side, it's like, it's an invitation for everyone. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think when you've mentioned ALA and I went to MITT up in Los Angeles and when, when you're in some of those, um, experiences where they do a really good job of creating a container that's safe and everyone's vulnerable and like no masks or walls like everyone is just like beaming talk about like beautiful you're like holy shit man woman child whomever like in this room you're like beautiful beautiful that's that's a really cool thing because you're right when you said that's like that's what i remember but in my day-to-day it's just easy to get just lost in the funk, you know, of, of traffic and bills and, you know, Facebook ads and like, whatever. It's like all the stuff that goes on with running the business of a personal brand. It's very easy to get disconnected with what is beautiful, you know? Um, And so I think it's, that's the challenge of, of this day to day is being able to, to balance that, you know, it's the, yeah. the gratitude for the moment, the gratitude for your wife and your kids. And, yeah. but then also, you know, being able to keep moving forward in this human experience, as long as we're here, you know, yeah, how, right. how do you, how do you find that balance with everything that you've been through and mm-hmm. all the things that you're working on now? I mean, do you feel like you've gotten through the majority of the, the, the big blocks, the big rocks that were in your way and now it's just fine tuning yeah, I, that's a really good question because I think, um, well, yeah, I've gone through the big blocks. And what I was saying on my podcast before we started recording with yours is in October, my wife asked me a question out of the blue, like out of the blue. This past October. This past October. And yeah. she asked me this question that um, <sighs> destroyed me. And, and she didn't mean to, she was curious of like what was going on and, and, um, and something, even what she was curious of what was going on with me had nothing to do with in my day-to-day behavior. It was more like the longevity of her knowing me, um, because I would be very uncomfortable if we watch like a sex scene, like the sexual trauma is just pervasively, like it was ingrained in, in me. And so she wanted to know if there was something else going on or whatever. And she asked me this question and it just detonated and destroyed my whole thing. But what it, thankfully it did because I'd have these images that come in my head all the time and I just kick them out, kick them out, kick them out, kick them out, Mm. kick them out. And um, I was forced to face it and I drive up. I was actually not going to come. It's going to end my life in October, October 14th in 2020. And I drive up to Snoqualmie pass and, and um, I call my brother just so, and, and I want to give context. Like I wasn't struggling. I wasn't suicidal. It was just the last block that you were saying. It was this thing that I couldn't look at. I couldn't, I can't perform surgery on myself. And that's what this thing did. It opened to me up and I didn't know what to do with this question. And I was just tired of, the pain and these images and the self-hatred of my body and the stuff. I mean, abuse is so nasty because it doesn't just the physical scars, like who gives a shit? Like I have a huge pain tolerance. I'm really tough. I'm the big man. I'm six, three, two forty. Like I'm not a small guy and I'm not soft. I'm really strong. And yet this question just destroyed me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was just done. I just was like, this life, like my kids are so beautiful and I didn't want to end my life. Cause I love my kids and I love my wife, but I just couldn't, it, I don't know this suicide, such a, 
such a lie because it, the, the, what it gives is the answer of no more suffering, no more pain. And I have so much compassion and empathy for people that just want the pain and suffering to end. And yet mm-hmm. it can end and it doesn't have to be the end of the story. Right. Um, but I called my brother this day just so he knew someone knew where I was. Cause I, I just left and didn't tell anyone. And I didn't want to hear, don't tell me the, don't tell me the right answer. Don't tell me the thing. I know, you know, like I know all the answers. Don't tell me the thing. I just want you to know where I am. And I was hysterical. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He just tell me one, just give me one thing. Give me one thing, you know? And I said, well, I have this image of flashing in my head all the time. And I kick it out. He's like, he stopped. And he goes, I have that same image. And you know, we grew up in the same house and it was all I needed to like someone flicked a lighter on in a pitch black room. And I was like, what? And it, I was able to travel out of that darkness and he shared his experience and I shared my experience and I realized, okay. And he, his experience of similar things was he had a different perspective on his body than I did. Mm-hmm. And I hated my body. Mm-hmm. And that sounds even weird as no guy I have ever heard talk about. We go ahead my body, but like, I hated my body. That's not even mm-hmm. a, <laughs> that's no hyperbole there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he said that and he said, you know, I've just learned to like love myself for who I am and enjoy myself. And I was like, never like even thought of that concept. Like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was able to get out of that darkness. Um, so I don't even know where I was going with this brother. What question did you ask me that I go down this story? Well, well no, it's, it's uh, I'll get around to that first question, but what makes me also think about is when you're saying the original story, how you remember it was your wife's birthday in the morning, but then you got so bogged in the shit of life yep. that yep. you got through the rest of the day. And it wasn't until you had a moment of clarity at 2 AM. Oh yes. shit. You know, yes. That I've had those experiences a little bit here and there where you're so in your thought, you're not thinking about where you're driving, who you're with, like what's going on. And I think so many people have this like concept of like, oh, someone who commits suicide, like, how could they? They left, you know, you're not even, I don't even think that you're thinking about your wife or your kid. You're literally like, I'm in massive pain. Get me out. Yes. Right. That's it. That's it. And I think it's pretty good that you reached out to your brother and I I started to get a little teary out of myself because I'm, I'm. You know, I've got two of my brothers and two sisters, but, you know, there's definitely things that being able to connect with family members who've been through similar experiences and kind of makes you feel, hey, you're not alone. Yeah, right, right. But in that moment, you said he kind of, you know, lit that match or lit that lighter for a moment, right? Yeah. And and ultimately, did it bring you towards, what does it bring you towards? Bring it towards like, oh, I'm not alone and someone was there as well? Or what was it that that resembled for you? symbolized him kind of connecting with the same similar experiences i have this visual of it even when i was driving home later that afternoon i have this vision of like i was in an arena and someone just flicked the light on in the upper deck corner like a little led light and it Mm -hmm. was enough for me to realize that there was what i was in was not all there was so that contrast in what i was and i traveled out Mm -hmm. like through that little tiny light and Mm -hmm. That's what hope, hope is a powerful tool. You know, it's like I had hope in that contrast that there was a different way to look at what I have gone through. And, and 
you know, there's no accidents that week. I had lined up a breathwork session. Uh, it was supposed to be Monday through Friday, it ended up being Tuesday through Saturday. Cause I missed the Monday, um, that it was a personal session and with this former special forces, um, guy and him and his wife, I am like a mess on that Tuesday. And they're like, Hey, they held space for me. They're bawling, they're healing. And awesome. it was just ordained divinely ordained how it all worked out. And, um, and now I can talk about, you know, and I, I probably people are like, well, what question is my fast? I, I'm not hiding from that at all. It's just, I don't want to, you know, there's part of, I've had to learn what recounting the story is versus telling enough of the story so people understand that we're all in this journey together. And then what's the result and how do we come out of that? How do we right. face it versus like, I could talk about all the abuse I've gone through and the details and the horrific nature of it. And for a long time, that's what I did talk about because I wanted people to relate or understand like, oh, no, you have no idea. Like, you know, but what matters is, man, we can heal. We can all heal. We can all heal. 100%. But but you're right. I mean, I think the the listeners, you know, I'm sure there's so many people like, well, what did she ask you? Or or what is it the thing that your dad asked or said to you when Mm -hmm. you called that one time that? trickle like it is it is almost irrelevant but it, it is like it's the, yeah, what, what little, it? It, the curiosity of the listener is like what, what, what was it you know that uh but it doesn't matter because it could be something that could be so so minuscule but it just for whatever reason it triggers for you right yeah and and, well it's up. a fine line too because they're still alive and i'm not trying to you know one of the visions that i have for doing these healing events that we're eventually going to start doing when things open up is give the perpetrators the opportunity to come forth and heal as well. And mm-hmm. there's part of the, I mean, I would love it if perpetrators and victims all come and heal. And we do what Billy Graham did for five decades with thousands, tens of thousands, 75,000 people in a stadium and just an invitation, an altar call per se, but not for religion and not for accepting of, of truth outside yourself but to like yeah. just heal let us hold you do you need to be held do you need to be loved do you need to be are you a perpetrator and so there is a fine line between telling my story which is true and my experience and my massive trauma versus i don't want to tell someone else's story even though what their actions are are my story because their actions to me it's a it's an interesting line that i'm na- navigating still right now. And, um, you know, I talked to, I support some abuse networks and, and one gal I was talking to, I said, did your, her dad had passed. She's older and she might be in her late forties, early fifties. And I said, did he ever admit it? She said, he never admitted it. And I'm like, man, that's how it is. Then when I told you like how amazing it is, like I remember I'm on the phone in downtown Bellevue, which is another city outside Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, tell the truth, tell the fucking truth. Mm-hmm. And it just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't do it. And uh, which provoked me to pull more, like trying to find out, well, what, who are you? What is this whole thing, which led to this other whole thing um but uh yeah that's what i'm navigating is like what how do i share enough of my story versus like other people's story hey baba 
um a little extra guest speaker yeah that's right that's right. right but i think it's i think the 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 thing that i'm i'm hearing too is like it's yes we all have our stories <clears throat> some might be uh <laughs> audibly more interesting to listen to and get you know be more captivating be like well what what you know at the end of the day the story isn't so much the issue because we all have our own stories right yeah. it's more about the healing yes and i think that's what truly is and that's what i was saying when you went to go you know <laughs> clean up, uh, you know, or check, check on the dog there for a second was like, what I love about you is that you are an example of what's possible, you know, mm. which that I, I think is probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, you know, purposes in life is to be like, can I be that beacon of light to say like, I, you know, in this, you know, let's say cave that's been steeped full of darkness for millions of years. Mm. How long does it take for one like match, you know, to light up the whole place. It's just, it doesn't matter how long the darkness has been there, but one match shows, oh, it can illuminate a lot. Right. And it seems, uh, I I love just your story because you've been through hell and back in many regards and to have a healthy life beyond that. Right. (laughs) Into the, into the woods, into the darkness, out to the, out of the woods, into the sunlight, where you can still be that powerful husband, yeah. that protector, that, that, uh, father, just right. that human being in society, you know, that can let go of like, you know, what, to, to be someone who, who's been the perpetrator and done those things and not be, there's so, there's gotta be so much pain and shame that yeah. comes with that and yeah. not be able to acknowledge it. And like, you know what, that's, if you can't, if you can't talk about it then that's on you and yeah. you get yeah. to work on that in this lifetime or the next, next. you know, I'm going to at least heal and forgive and, and move on and move forward. And that's regard. And that's what I love about your story. Cause that's what I think there are so many men out there that I come across that are heal or that are hurting so badly, you know, myself included in different ways. It's like, ah, you got to get that out. Right. Otherwise it festers and it just eats you up from the inside out from the inside out. And uh, you know, I guess for, for guys listening, for anyone, but specifically men and, and women that are married to men or dating guys. Healing is the most powerful thing that we can do. It is not the weakest thing that we can do. This word has been stripped. All these words have been stripped of their power intentionally so that men who are, who are to hold the divine masculine to truly, I, let me say this real quick before I say that women have two X chromosomes Mm -hmm. and an X can receive on every side. That means that their gift naturally is to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. They talk and they share about their emotions. And that is a natural, beautiful gift that women have. Mm -hmm. Men have an added gift, responsibility, or opportunity. And that is they have the X chromosome, but then they have the Y chromosome. And that Y chromosome to me, and this is what I teach to guys in the retreats and and to everyone, it symbolizes the feminine and masculine in balance. Vulnerability, being able to receive love again and create and take and build uh, the world that we want to live and build the life that we want to live. And what happens is, and this is why I I really would love people to sit with this concept. We've talked about it spanking when we're children and we're open to receiving everything and like life's just, there's no limits to the day and time and thought and creation, but someone hurts us 
we learn very early on to be open and vulnerable is equal to being hurt. And mm-hmm. we close that down. And so the why goes like this and it just mm-hmm. slides off. So then men have a hard time receiving. And here's what I have learned in Hebrew. So I have a Jewish side. And, and so I study with rabbis and I study Hebrew. The word in Hebrew for love is ahava. And ahava means to give. So mm-hmm. love means to give. Mm-hmm. However, the greatest act of love, and I learned this from my wife, the greatest act of love I could give her is to receive her love. Mm. And she said this to me one time at a retreat. She said, I feel like you're like a bathtub with a drain plug missing and I could fill the tub up and it immediately just drains out. And she said, you say your love language is words of affirmation, but it's never enough. And I, in that moment realized my fear, cause I was afraid, everyone listen, I was afraid my dad would take my life. Even up until I gave my TED talk in 2019, I thought he was gonna kill me. In fact, Katie Lynn, a coach that I had at the time, asked me if it was worth giving my life for this message. And I said, yes. And she said, well, then give it. And I gave it, but I was truly afraid that he was going to kill me for giving that message. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was afraid those closest to me were going to kill me. Mm-hmm. So even though I'd backed that vulnerability down 99.999%, I still had a sheath around my heart with my wife, even through all the healing, we'd gone through all the stuff. We'd gone through ALA, we'd gone through, but when she told me that I can't fill your tub up enough and I looked at her and I felt her rejection Mm -hmm. because her love wasn't enough and rejection always leads to resentment. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I realized the greatest act of love I could give her is to finally say, "You for me, you could kill me if you want to, but I'm gonna receive your love. And me receiving her love was my act of giving her love, which made her feel loved. Mm-hmm. So the, the, it says in Hebrews that our, and we know our God is a consuming fire. The fire is the only element that can consume and emit at the exact same time. There's no yeah. sequence of, of releasing and receiving, releasing and receiving of nature. Exactly. It is emitting and receiving at the exact same time. So I've learned that when we as men, can learn to be vulnerable again and open back up the why becomes back in balance of the feminine and masculine we can receive again and when we are safe enough to receive love and have the courage to stand in that women feel safe enough to receive love as well amen yeah man i mean that came up just recently in my coaching call with my coach you know it's like you have to create it doesn't mean that that men always have to ultimately create that safe place to land first it definitely there's times that wife's got to be strong and husband's got to be or yeah. husband and husband or wife and wife it doesn't matter in that sense but someone's definitely have to lead but there is a part of it where you know if if you're if it happens every once in a while okay but if it's continual to where she can never actually feel like she can trust yeah. in being able to give or receive that love in the relationship then or she, or I should say just the mass of the feminine, that's, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be definitely issues there, trust issues, you know? Yeah, that's right. 100%. So that's, that's pretty, pretty profound, pretty powerful what you guys work through. And the fact that you're still Still alive and kicking, you're still here, (laughs) you're 
you know, you have a little guy or little gal that's coming in saying, Hey daddy, you know, what's going on. It's pretty, it's pretty special. So man, what a, what a journey. I, I definitely feel like I could talk to you all day, every day, but uh, in, in the spirit of wrapping things up and dinner time um, and everything else going on, what uh, tell, tell the listeners a little bit more about the work that you do, the retreats, um, all that stuff in, in terms of how they can connect with you. But Thanks, yeah, I'd love to learn a little bit more about the, the work and the retreats and everything else you got going on. Thanks, brother. Um, you know, for content and podcasts, I put a lot of episodes out, have a lot of beautiful souls. Johnny's going to be on very soon. <laughs> um, the podcast is called The Golden Rule Revolution. Um, I do a lot of content on Instagram and um, got some really cool courses coming out with Gordana Burnett about healing key memories. It's going to be really cool. Mm. Um, uh, some other courses coming out with some beautiful people, but go to my website. If you're men need a safe space to get away to heal. And so the retreats have been unbelievable. I've had veterans, police officers, accountants, uh, exterminators. Like I've had all sorts of young, old and, and, you know, like coming out of MITT where people look different physically, like they glow that physical healing that takes place from that or that glow that comes from the emotional side of healing. is so beautiful. And, um, but I'll coach everyone, men, men, women, and, um, yeah, brother, I just, I appreciate you. I just want you to know that. And, um, like I said, it started my podcast (laughs) episode. I just want you to know how much beauty I see in you and, and thank you. Thank you, brother. No, right back at you. And I was mentioning that when you were, when you were tending to the dog too, just see there's certain people that you meet that have uh, and Johnny's one of them too. The other, the other Johnny, just like great, just great energy of, of love and like abundance. And there's no sense of like, I don't know. It's just, it's hard almost to put into words, but love, you know, and I, and I mentioned this all all over behind you, behind you uh, on the wall is what you stand for and what you emit, you know, um, so I, I give that back to you a hundred times uh, over, but I really appreciate it. Definitely looking forward to, to many more conversations. Um, and if people want to connect with you, it's just lucasmack.com. What's yep. the best way to connect? Lucasmack.com. Shoot me an email, find yeah. me on Instagram and, and uh, let's create some beauty. <clears throat> I love that. I love that. And if you're listening, um, take a moment after you, if you're done here and go follow the, the golden rule revolution and his podcast, he's up to some amazing things and, one of the biggest uh, hearts of gold I've, I've met in a long time. So thank you, Lucas. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, brother. All right. Thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, till next time, we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. And I want to thank you so much for listening to The Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.